It's over. Oh, everyone's saying it is over. Over. September 1st, 2013. Summer is over. So they say. I suppose they begin with that Memorial Day holiday and say summer is here. Yes. And then they end with Labor Day holiday and they say summer. Oh, thank God I hate summer. It's over. It's done with. Can somebody pass me a pumpkin spice latte? (laughs) And we'll talk about your efforts of labor, laborious intentions on tonight's The Fabulous D Show with I and me, the artist D, right now. But it's not over because it's still warm as, you don't even know, and humid as apparently everywhere. Everyone is dying of humidity. I, thankfully, staying inside the last week, sacrificing my practice for rest because I threw it out. I threw out my back, that is. And the electrical... Neurons, shooting pains, pains like flames through my back, and it hurts. I don't use those terms lightly. You know I don't, gentle listeners, but I threw it out, and it hurts, and it's still a little, oh. So I took a break, because I threw it out, and then the next day, the next morning, I get up, I decide I'm going to stretch. I'm going to do what I do. So I did. And within an hour, I could hardly move from the middle of my spine. That would be, and as usual, isn't it always the way, don't you love that, that every part of your body is so important, but you have no idea Because it's this well-oiled machine and it's working. It is all head to toe, fingers, toes, all of it's working for a lot of people. And then something breaks. Something misfires. Talk about machines. And we're going to talk about machines on tonight's show. Laborous machines. The most laborious machine of all is our bodies. And I threw my back out. But the shooting pains, and you just don't think that a lump of electrical misfiring in the center of your spine would affect you all over. But it does, because suddenly you can't get up from a laying position 
because the the electrical synapses are like going mad and suddenly you can't turn and suddenly you're not lifting and i lifted my arms and did my weights and my practice i did it but it hurt and it only hurt more so i decided fine this week no practice i will not do it unfortunately and i wish that well i wish i wouldn't have thrown out my back that's all i've got to say about that and it is september 1st and it is labor day weekend in america labor day laborious days what is labor day and we've never discussed it before. I mean, we've discussed it before, but we've never discussed it just between you and I. So let's discuss. In the U.S., Labor Day, the first Monday in September, is a creation of the labor movement and is dedicated to the social and economic achievements of American workers. It constitutes a yearly national tribute to the contributions workers have made to the strength, prosperity, and well-being of their country. A day dedicated to the social and economic achievements of American workers. Just reading that takes me down a rabbit hole of thought, of uncomfortable thought. And I'm uncomfortable enough between my back, and it's hot in here. So I'm getting up and I'm turning on the air box. What, 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 do, we, what do we call it? The cooling box? <laughs> because I can. Uncomfortable because it's economic achievements of American workers. It makes me think that this country is quite possibly, well, the world is so adverse to change and adaptation that we're killing ourselves by standing still. Because, I mean, think about how you feel, how we feel today in the labor department, in the labor force. What do you hear people saying most about employment? They usually don't have any. They want some. They want it to be better. They want a better pay. And when they don't have it at all, they really want anything, but when they have it, they usually want something else. And I'm not saying that it's been all daisies and sunshine, as it certainly has not. But looking back into Labor Day history, I mean, work has always been work. Without a doubt, work is a lot of work, as in hard work, sweat, blood. People have not really ever enjoyed work. They go down to the coal mines, they come up at night. They do it again the next day. They're not happy. And if you look back in history to the labor movement, this of which they speak of, you'll just find a lot of hard work. But looking at that, comparing it to today, we don't seem to be where we once were. And we don't seem to be where we want to be. And I see all of these government holidays. I mean, we talk about them 
year after year, the damn landmines on the Fabulous D Show are holidays and traditions and celebrations of nostalgia. And they don't seem to pay any mind to where we're going. They always pay mind to where we've been. And now, as years pass, they're always paying attention to where we've been a long time ago. I mean, that labor movement, those achievements of labor in our country occurred long ago. And yes, there have been little things along the way that are notable achievements. But it's just as bad as Christmas, because Christmas, I mean, Christmas goes quite a ways. And the hope that the family will be together and happy on the holidays, when that is completely untrue. I mean, it's never been true, but it's never been more false than it is today. The family has no intention of being like a family ever again. And yet you keep doing it. You keep having the the 4th of July just happened in America, celebrating our freedom, independence, and more. More when we have what seems to be less. There's this enormous elephant in the room staring at us, The elephant is talking about internal structures falling to pieces. That's what that elephant is doing. And with every holiday, I see this elephant waltz into the room and look at people like, what are you doing? Your economy, your labor force, your focus is falling apart and you're having a party. We build the machines, the society, the culture, the labor movement. It was part of that. But once it was built, it's like it's left to be. Nobody oils the machine, much like your own body. You're born, it works. If it all works, you continue forward until it stops working. Then you start to worry about maintenance. Nobody thinks, until very recently as far as the cultural movement would go, nobody thinks about regular maintenance. I mean, growing up, that was the basic structure of life, is don't worry about it now, worry about it later, because right now, everything's working. Your heart is still pumping, your arteries are not clogged. Eat the hamburger. Eat the pile of go ahead, have another soda, pop, take another gargantuan piece of something, something, because it doesn't matter, because you're young, how many times did you hear that, you're young, you can deal with it, you're healthy, it's not a big deal, and then later, then, you know, you hit 30s and 40s, and that's when the postcards start coming in the mail about health insurance. And you read the statistics, and that's exactly what they say. Most young Americans don't think about health insurance until until they're sick. That's when they think about it. Or until they're 
body starts misfiring on a regular basis, firing neurons and electrons through the center of your spine that's screaming out, ow, screaming out, ow. Nobody's oiling that machine. And until recently in our culture have we come upon this, this self-preservation feeling where younger people are thinking about living healthier lives. And while I don't think that has much to do with their health, for get real, the only thing you're thinking about at that age is, you know what, your image, your body. And you don't want your body to look good because you want it to be healthy. You want it to look good because you want to be fabulous. And that's what we do. That's how we operate. And that's human nature. We want to look hot. So you'll do what you've got to do to look hot. And thankfully in this culture, thankfully, I suppose, we get to say that our need and desire to look hot often helps our health, depending on who you are, depending on what you're doing, to look like you want to look so you're kind of accidentally oiling your machine now. You're, you're taking care of it up to that point where it begins to fall apart, because it always begins to fall apart. But that is the example for every example. Talking about things like Labor Day and celebrations of our history always has me looking at the human creature, the... We like to work hard, set something up, and then we walk away. And we hope that the job is done. I'm guilty of it. I think we're all guilty of it. It's the nature of what is the goal. You set a goal, you work hard to achieve it. You put many hours and usually years of life into it. And when, you, when the goal is complete, and, and you expect rewards... I mean, that's what we do. That's especially the children. Oh, my God, the children. How goal-oriented they are forced to be as far as, don't worry, honey, it's only six years of elementary school, and don't worry, it's only another six years of high school, and then go to college. Don't worry, in eight years, you'll have your career and your life and your money, and everything will be okay, and goals are what the society is pushed to do so of course everything is a goal america is just like that on a giant scale we've collectively built the country we worked really hard to achieve what we currently have and utilize but it feels like now we feel there's time to sit back just sit back and relax because you've made it you know, we've, we've built it and they will come and we can sit back and watch them come. And in truth, there's never time to sit back. War is the example. The fight is the example. Whatever the fight or the war may be about. We are always having to protect ourselves 
and I don't mean that in, in the American society of, of war and wars that we have and continue to have, although certainly it drips down to it, but we've made the machine and now we're stepping back to our recliner. And that seems, if you ask any analyst, where we've gone wrong, because when people stopped working, when people stopped to enjoy the luxuries they fought to create, they lost their place. American education lost its place because we got lazy. Because it wasn't like it was. Much of my own artistic ambitions, much to my own human creature, the day I stop is the day it stops. It's like running your own business. Running your own human is a lot like running your own business. The day you stop is the day it stops. And perhaps that would help you understand better is to compare to a business model. Because my art is my life and my life is my life and I do what I do here as my life. But... If I had it, a business of it, and it is a business, because I'm a business man, not a businessman. But if I stopped posting photos tomorrow and answering emails tomorrow or updating my Twitter, I would be forgotten in weeks, if that from the majorities of the dashboards, and therefore the consciousness of you. Those who only paid the utmost attention would notice my disappearance. The 500 or so on Facebook would certainly go on with themselves, and much like I do, Sometimes I go on, and I have very good friends, but I have a lot of, a lot of, lot of, lot of, everywhere in this globe, of people who I like, but we don't talk every day, and sometimes we don't talk for years, and suddenly I think, you know, I haven't seen them lately. And lately means, like, months, and then I search for them and I, I find out, you know, they're still alive. Okay, that's good. Moving on. But that would be quite the way with most of the people who have known of me. I can say that a very good handful, and it, it's very fulfilling to me to know that a very good, now good handful of people would actually say, you know, I haven't seen him in a week. Something must be wrong. But I have to run my body like you would run your business. If you sat back at the... What? Chocolate factory? What's your business? <laughs> You're running a chocolate factory and, you know, you stop working and people keep coming in and there's no more chocolate. Well, then you're out of business. That is the human model. 
That is the economic model. That is the country's model. That if you stop to smell the roses for too long, you're done. And it was that balance, that delicate balance, because humans can't balance delicately. They just don't do it. Because it's not their nature. All or nothing, black or white, that is our basis, I truly believe. Although that is a lot of my basis talking about your basis. We're becoming, we have already become lethargic over the entire ordeal. It's the model we have for everything. When does someone create something new? Rarely. It's all neo-postmodernism at its finest. Yet there's, there is neo-postmodernism, but then there's lethargic reproduction. The former takes skill. The latter takes mindlessness. Instead of making a new movie, we remake Carrie. I just saw that trailer. Carrie. Another Carrie. Then we remake it again within a matter of years. We had, we had the new Carrie just a couple years ago. Now there's another Carrie. It's the same movie. It's the same story. Different actors, different vision. And I don't... I don't want to stop someone from reproducing something to show us their vision. But again, there is neo-postmodernism, but then there's just a reproduction. And what most people do is just a reproduction, whether it's under the guise of, I am an artist and this is my vision of your vision. I don't really buy that. I understand it. And I think for a while, it was a good idea because we came from, and that's, that's, that's it right there, is we came from somewhere where the producer of the art couldn't have done it as good as we can do it today. And I know sometimes you want to leave things be. Sometimes the way things are made, it worked. Like some of our classic films. It worked. You don't want to redo The Pit and the Pendulum. You don't want to redo all of the Edgar Poe stories. Okay, they were done and done well. But it's certain things like House of Wax, like, dare I say, the Hulk movies. <laughs> the new House of Wax, the new Hulk movies, fit with our generation better in, well, in my opinion. And it is only my opinion, because I know some House of Wax people who would argue the hell out of that, what I just said. So, I dig it. But there are some things. I mean, let's just talk silly. It, talk about the Hulk. Because we had the Hulk. We had the television show back in the day. Fantastic. It was really good for the day. But that is a story and a concept that could be remade today, and it had been, has been, remade with our technology. But now, 
Because the Hulk is the perfect example. Because, and this is what confused me a little while ago, was we came out with the Hulk movie in our generation with our technology. We did it. Okay. And it was what it was. People didn't like it, but it was what it was. And then we did it again within the same generation and the same technology. And whether people liked it more or liked it less or were... Nobody nobody really likes the Hulk. I'm sorry for you whom do. <laughs> but we did it. It's, it's remaking of, you know, the one Spider-Man comes out, it's not good enough, so we'll remake it. And it makes no sense to do so. When you're remaking something for the audience to like better you know oh we failed at making this hulk movie remake so let's remake it again for you and see if you like it any better in the early 90s there was the batman movie collection then a new generation was born and there was another batman movie collection and now in a few years there will be another batman movie collection all based on Batman, all based on Bruce Wayne, and the same cast of freaks created in 1939 doing the same thing that they've always done. That's 74 years ago, since the introduction of Batman. There's a, a time, because in the 90s, with those Batman movies, that time dictated that we were ready to make it anew. And that's why I like Batman. And actually, staggering it with a decade or so is kind of okay, because we had the Batman concept in the mid-1900s. <laughs> Would you rather the, the 20th century? The mid-20th century... And then in the 90s, we had the technology and the vision to remake it into something really awesome and astounding and give it the attention it deserved. And then, and that was the comic book attention that it deserved, the funny, the silly, the colorful. And then this other guy, he made the last collection and it was dark and it was real and it focused on the reality of it. And I think that was of its time. So these things are the things that deserve to be remade. But, again, have we hit the point now with Batman that in the next five or ten years, the next clump of Batman movies, with whoever, whoever is cast as Batman, your opinions aside, my opinions aside, the next clump of movies, are they just going to reproduce the 90s and the 2000s? What new vision and new technology can they give us? What new attention and homage can they pay to the story, to the concept? And if there's nothing left to pay to the concept it should be left to be until there's something else. Wait another 20 years. 
See where we are then. See what else we can do. We're hitting a ceiling. And I'm, I'm always feeling like we've hit a ceiling with certain concepts like that. Because when all else fails, I'll tell you on a regular basis here at the Fabulous D Show, when all else fails, we're still doing laundry in a washer and a dryer. This is the world we live in. Invent it, create it, make it status quo, and the world will never need anything new again. It's not a new movie. It's a remade old movie. It's not a never-seen-before dishwasher. It's the same dishwasher with updated buttons. It's a washer and a dryer. On the inside, it's all the same. With just a little tweak of modern-day technology, but not a redesign. It's a washer and a dryer. The only thing that changed, fancy buttons, digital panel, and colorful steel. It's still Candyland. It's just with vectorized images. It's still the same board game, but with different colorful redesigned artwork. Where's the new board game? Where's the new technology that takes us beyond the washer and dryer? The movies are there. They're peppered in. And oh, Christ Jesus, do I mean peppered. It's why I flip through the horror movies, endlessly searching for the concept that I've never seen before. For something besides, there was an accident in a lab. Now, 80% of the population is dead, but they're really alive, and we must now fight them to the death. The second death. Oh my god, it's been done. In a world where, you know, it's been done. <laughs> it's been so done. And when you get the new idea, it's, it's hard to get it to go across. It's hard. It's very hard to be proud of your labor on this day, on the Fabulous D Show. And I'll be back to talk about more difficulties with laborious activities and new ideas. Let's talk about new ideas versus the old ideas. When we get back on the Fabulous D Show, I am the artist D. This is Mac Danger from Swelling Radio and also from Dead Cowboy Rebellion and Twin Rivers. You are currently listening to... The Fabulous D Show with your host, the artist D. Juiced Talk Radio. It's juicy. Juicetalk.com. Here, Frank Catolo's Catolo Chronicles. Imagine if there were, imagine if, like, there were companies that made cookies and they only got together to make, like, one, a certain amount of cookies. For a certain amount of time, okay? Transistor by Velvet Steel. You know, you've got short nipples, you've got long nipples that stick up from the body, you've got big areolas, you've got small areolas, you've got different colors, you've got hair growing off them, you've got everything going on, you've got veiny nipples, you've got all kinds of different things. But for some people, they have really small nipples. And the Fabulous D Show by me, the Artist D. 
you bring this out in me. <laughs> I know. And this is that's why this is so unique because you could do a million of your own shows. And, yet and I would never do this fun. there, no. <laughs> exactly. You'd never start saying, who did they suck off to get that? <laughs> All at Juiced Talk, archived for your listening pleasure. JuiceTalk.com. It's Funtastic on Transtastic.com. Where can you hear independent music, underground opinion, and more? Tune in to 4Culture Radio at 4Culture.com. We're unearthing the undergrounds audibly. Hi. We're noblesse oblige. You're listening to 4 Culture Radio. This is Becky Cannon, so you're listening to The Fabulous D Show. This is Campus Christmas, and it's matters a box of frogs. And don't forget to sign up on Transtastic.com, the most fabulous transcendent social network site in the world. Our artist is fabulous. Welcome back to The Fabulous D Show, broadcasting from Earth. At theartisty.com. Appreciating the old ways and the foundation that we built while continuing to work today on what matters, what is the future. We are stagnating. We are lackluster and peppering in new ideas to get ahead. On this Labor Day holiday, on the Fabulous D Show, I am the Artist D, and I was going to talk about new ideas, and the difficulty of new ideas, because how long did I try to do Four Culture Magazine? Endless amounts of failures, endless brick walls, nobody cared, nobody wanted it, because that's the thing, you've got to pay a little bit of attention to the peppering in of new ideas, because yes... The washer and dryer has remained the same for the last who-the-hell-cares years. We're still doing dishes. We're still washing clothes. We're still playing Candyland. We're still remaking Batman movies. But in between that, there are these, these voices on the underground, these, these little, little chirps and, and, and jabs, and, and we're trying so hard People making music, people doing movies, and they have new concepts because the human brain has potential of creating something new. Every, every generation could put almost everything behind them and replace it with a new concept, a new entertainment. But they don't want that. They do it on purpose in a lot of ways because Batman's easy. Washing dishes is what they want, because they don't want to invent a new fuel source for your car when they have the old one produced and ready to go for you to purchase. It, of course, comes down to money. It, of course, boils down to the marketability that... Candyland worked then, Candyland will work now, because a kid is still a kid, and the kid hasn't seen it before. But that was what... Mm, 
That's the line between new technology versus new art and new creativity. I can understand why they deprive us of some new technologies. While I don't agree with it, but I can understand the marketing angle of we can't give them we can't tell them that there's a new fuel source. We've got all this oil for them left to use. We've got all of these cars left to sell them. But art? Because that, that goes into classics. Because you don't need to make Batman movies. Because the Batman movies of the 1990s will be there. And instead of watching the new Batman series of movies, the kids would just have to watch that one from the 90s, or that of with Adam West in the way back whens, <laughs> and say, like I did, because I was just a kid, I didn't know Batman from a hole in the wall, and I watched the good old Batman TV show with Adam West. Loved it. I didn't think, we need to do this again. I didn't think hey, let, let me grow up and in 25 years become the producer of another Batman concept. No! I said, get me this on DVD. I want to watch this all the time. It's the Golden Girls. You don't want to recreate the Golden Girls. You, you get it on DVD and you watch it for the rest of your life, the same episodes, because if it's quality art, as a lot of the underground is, you don't want to replace it. You want to add it to the wall. You want to add it to your library and then go on to something new. So there is no reason other than mass-marketed, huge-ass studios with money on their minds and normal sheep to deal with. And it is the sheeple's fault because people are working hard and they're coming up with these ideas every day, but those ideas are being squashed because the sheeple would just really rather another Batman movie or another zombie story. For culture was dead. Endless failures until I found people who liked it, believed in it, wanted to do it with me. And now it's becoming this digital era's coffee table status quo requirement. It's fantastic, but... How long did that take to leak into anywhere on anyone's pads and pods and tables and digital devices? So it's difficult to talk about the labor of today when clearly people are still working hard. But Labor Day in the United States of America, I just... And the world... I feel like the world is turning into some crazy guy on the corner. The world is becoming this crazy guy, the one, you know, in the dirty coat on the corner with the beard, and he's got, you know, that look in his eye, and he's screaming at you, and he's holding his sign that, you know, it's the end of the world, and Jesus is coming. It, it's just so terrible. It's a, it's a fright within me that our system... He's so broken that nobody can fix it. It's very Roman Empire feeling right now. I really, really feel that. I'm not 
trying to take some sort of doomsday angle on it, but it really feels like the people created this and they let it go for too long. And now there's so many cracks that it's just a, a clusterfuck. It's a jumble. And I'm not saying it's going to just crash and burn. It's just going to be generation upon generation of messy, sloppy, messy, sloppy. That's what I see for the future generations. Messy, sloppy. They don't have structure. They don't have rule. Every, the, everything is there for them. And it's so viral. Mentality of the world has gone viral. Where we've gone from, you know, it's like they think it's the end of the world every day. Because they have all this stuff at their fingertips. They can look into everything. We've gone from that, that world of, remember, you know, in 1995, we feared 1999 because the end of the world was coming. That was five years of subtle discussion about when it turns 2000, shit's gonna happen. The doomsdays of the past seem much better planned than the doomsdays of the future. And I don't know if my head is so far up the ass of culture and society that I see that's what I see is that every day is doomsday or every day really is doomsday for people. It's the zombie thing. They're obsessed with it. It's the end of the world thing. They're obsessed with it because now we can have it all the time. And there's something very critical about having it all the time knowing that you can pull up the next zombie movie and, and feel that, because we're obsessed with the end. We're obsessed with tragedy and terror in a way that we want it all the time. I'm as much to blame for my own. I look for those movies. I love those movies. If I could watch an end-of-the-world zombie movie new and exciting every day, I would, but there isn't enough that are new and exciting. And I believe it's all of the oneness, the technology, the, the fast pace. I think it has a lot to do with people catching up with my lifestyle, the one I've lived since the mid-1990s online. For at least the last 15 years, I've lived what people are now, just now, experiencing. And they can't handle it. They can't handle living on the internet. They can't handle living in a computer. Because they're terrestrial. They are bred to be out fishing on the lake. Or running a marathon. Or going outside and experiencing the world at a non-technological pace, no matter how much technology they're surrounded by, then and now, they still function on this terrestrial level that I have never understood because I was bred online. I was activated on here. 
I was on the internet when I was 12 in the chat rooms. And while I did not begin to be an artist online until several years after that, I was still on. And when I was eight, I had my first little computer. Well, not little, it was enormous, because that back then they were enormous. And while it didn't do bull, it was still the monitor and the keyboard and the mouse, and there was still a game to play, and there were things to do to really speed up my brain. And this is like the basis of feeling like an extraterrestrial, like an alien, because I was taught to live, I taught myself to live, in this online world that moved so fast. And even in 97, the internet years versus, and we said this back then, internet years versus offline outside years is like triple. You know, in one year online, no, in one year, in one human regular year, I've lived like two to three online because everything changes so quickly. And I was born at just the right time to fall in line to that mentality, to get sucked into that computer age so much. And I was doing what they were doing now then. Several of us were. Hundreds of us were. A handful compared to today. I mean, I was constantly online from morning to night. That was in the days when you went to the eye doctor and they said, first of all, they didn't say anything. Then, after a couple years of this whole personal computer thing leaking into people's houses, they said on their little questionnaire, how much time do you spend on the computer? And I remember that. I remember first seeing that. And it was kind of a guilty thing. You don't want to admit. Because the numbers I spent at that age, in that time, on the computer, I was on it from morning to night. On weekends, I only left the computer to sleep. And when you went to that eye doctor and you filled out that form, the only options were like, you know, 30 minutes two hours, four hours, and when you marked four hours, they went batshit on you. You can't do that. You can't spend that much time looking at a monitor. Look at us now, bitches. Oh my god. And I've seen that change. You don't see 30 minutes a day online on the, the questionnaire at the eye doctor. If there's even a question, they don't even ask because they know you're looking at your phone all day long. You're looking at the computer screen all day long. You're looking at everything all day long. That's not even a question anymore. And if it is, it's like four to eight hours, eight to 12 hours. And when you mark the, you know, 24 hours, they're like, that, that's a bit excessive. But is it? It is for the terrestrials who have just joined us here. Perhaps we're going through some growing pains. Maybe this is growing pains because I certainly had to adapt to the fast-paced nature of the internet. Perhaps society, those who can't handle it right now, 
Maybe that's what they're going through. I guess that is what the kids are going through because the kids are now being born with the mouse in their hand. That will no longer be a a thing to brag about. I say I was born with a mouse in my hand and people look at me like, that's amazing. How could you be computing when you were eight years old? But now they're computing when they're eight years old and they're not on the Tandy. They're not on the big bulky computer, which only played that Warcraft game. They're on our computers. They have laptops and devices, things that I wish I had at eight, and they are developing, and imagine how quickly they will develop with what has already been developed. But I don't think the society as we see it today can survive online because it is moving too fast for them. They still want to be outside. And you know how people make fun of people now that they are posting photos of their food, their meals on Instagram, you know, saying that they shouldn't do that or who wants to see what you're eating. I mean, I did that in the 90s. You cook something awesome. It looks amazing. You take a picture of it. You share it. You put it on your journal. And everyone's like, holy shit, that looks good. Mobility has helped people overcome what has always stood in their way. You know, that's what I always said to me. If only I could be on the computer while doing all these other things. You know, that's the argument I always heard when it came to my extreme computing obsessions. As the the, uh, uh, Season 5 theme song says, you know, I've been sitting in front of my computer quite fervently. And for almost... 15, 16 years now. And before that, I wanted to be sitting in front of my computer. And I went through that time where everyone said, get off the computer. And I wouldn't. And I haven't. And now, now that everyone is coming aboard, because that's what they're doing. They're do- you're doing what I was doing 15 years ago. You think you're the first person to post their steak and bake <laughs> their steak and bake meal on the on the internet and say hey guys look at what i'm having Do you, you know that was our dream we wanted to be mobile we wanted to go to the restaurant that's what we did we went to the restaurant with cameras if you know of this technology there was these things called cameras and we took pictures of ourselves eating and having a good time then we'd come home and post them online well mobility just cut a step out for that. You don't have to go home and post it online. You can do it as it happens, which is fine. It's what we were always doing, and it saves us a step. Saves me more time that I can take a picture of you and I at the restaurant and upload it right now. I don't have to come home and do it. Although there's some reflection there that I like. I like that coming home and uploading, because you get to think about all the good times you had, and you get to post those photos. So, as usual, the newer the things become, certain special things are lost. But people still need their terrestrial existence. They can't live this fast-paced online society. And it's getting in the way of their labor. It's getting in the way of their work. When they hire new people, they have to say, you can't be on your phone while you work. We have to tell people that they can't text and drive. 
what's the matter with us that we have to, to say that? It's getting in the way because now we have what we've always wanted. We have 24-hour access to attention, love, praise, and time fillers. You don't sit and look at a crossword puzzle anymore because there's Facebook and you can scroll endlessly on Tumblr. Endlessly. It just keeps going. It's okay. You don't have to take the time away anymore. But it interferes with your work. There's no cell signal in, in the mind, you know? Or is there? People are very social creatures. So they infiltrated my space. <laughs> my space before it was my space. And my face before it was Facebook. It's like people that go on vacation. They always told me, well, it doesn't matter where we stay. It doesn't matter what the hotel is because we're not going to be in it for that long. We're only going there to sleep. To hell with that. When I go on vacation, I spend a lot of time in the hotel. I can't stand going out. The hotel is very important for people like me. Internet creatures. Extraterrestrials. So the social creatures out there, you know, they saw what we had. They saw it and they, they came to take it. They made the internet a social place to be. They steamrolled our collective. And as like everything else, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Exactly. Yes. And in this case, they put up a stupid fun house called Facebook. And they made these stupid apps and these stupid things that you can do to waste your time. And now there's that video going around saying, you know, watch this and put your phone down. It's interfering. You know, the guy snuggling his wife looking at the phone over her shoulder, the guy having a birthday party and they're singing to him and his phone's up in front of his face because he's recording it for his people. We've done that for years. You just don't like it because now you see. I mean, I'm still dealing... It's an addiction. You're seeing the addiction for the first time. I've seen the addiction since I started. I'm still dealing with the addiction. I still have no idea what to do offline. I love to read, but it really, it often puts me to sleep. It's really hard to read for a very long period of time. And it's this crude transition from the uploadable world to a terrestrial one, where online I could just Google and skip to a place where I need to know what I need to know instead of reading the whole book. And sometimes I'm reading and I find myself thinking, why can't I just put this on USB and add it to my memory? And I still scroll Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr endlessly because society has created what we wished we could have had then. Because that is what we wanted. The only difference was that we wanted it for ourselves. I didn't want it for all of you. You listening, I think you could be part of it. But it's those people... Those other people, those other people on your friends list that I see, your friends, I have some problems with your friends because I see them arguing with you and I see them being stupid and sheeple online 
And I think these are the people who shouldn't be here. Insta-celebrity, insta-love, it's all available right now. And I wrote it on one of my recent TGF columns. In 99, we had to work hard. We had to work hard to get comments on pictures or feedback or thoughts. I had to really push to be seen. It was my job. It taught me to be laborious. It taught me to appreciate hard work. And not only did I then realize I had to work in the real world, the the flat plane outside of my internet existence, but I had to work doubly hard on the internet. It made me appreciate it. So maybe there's a saving grace here somewhere. Perhaps the time that we're taking right now to sit back and relax and lose our minds will somehow in turn teach the next generation, those who are texting and scrolling and insta-everything at age 5 to 8 to 13, perhaps that will somehow teach them the reality of being laborious and having a, a good labor day of it, celebrating their hard work now along with the hard work to get them here. And maybe they'll just say, you know, my parents were shit. They were lazy assholes, a lot of them. But they somehow attributed this technology in which they've now given us and we can use. And I can't imagine not having an iPod when I was six years old. You know, ridiculous statements, I'm sure we will hear as of that. Thankfully, my only defense now is that I've found something good to do with it. So I hope that they have found something good to do with it as well. I mean, I've always tried to make the best out of this plane, this internet world. I'm not scrolling on Facebook with lifeless cause. I'm not playing Farmville and Candy What the Hell Ever. Crush, Candyland, (laughs) Candyland, there you go. I'm unearthing the underground. I'm giving people something, whether you want it or not. But I'm not... I am not laying back in my lazy boy. And I will not. I will create. I will labor. I will keep thinking. And I hope everyone else will start thinking. And I hope we fix something or they fix it, and it becomes less of a big, sloppy mess. Big Sloppy on The Fabulous D Show. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope that you go to thefabulousdshow.com to check out more of everything that we do here as we now cool down and can focus a little bit better We will do even more, because we can, and we will. Until next time, I am the Artist D. Stay fabulous, but don't stay seated. Get out of the fucking chair, and 
think. Until next time, good night.